0: Welcome to Mission Vale Christian Church. I am so glad that you're with us today. Currently, we are in a series called Living the Dream, which we're going to be unpacking God's truths about how to be financially free. So let's get right into it out of God's Word. down, actually finishing a series called Living the Dream. And it's just, it was on my heart that we, as the people of God, we want to be equipped with what God's Word says about finances. Amen? So I just want to say right off the bat, thank you so much for staying with this study, staying with the series. I know that sometimes it just Open my heart up to you. I know that any time we even just mention the word money along with church, there can just be a lot of different images and a lot of different thoughts and uh, maybe some negative experiences that we've heard or experienced with church and money, and I just want to speak from my heart for a second about that. At Missionville Christian Church, I can just share with you from our entire leadership team, it, it is our one desire for you and us together, together, that we know God. And and fully make him known. That's just, it's just on our heart, it just resonates. And so, and, you know, sometimes in life, there are different compartments and pockets of our life. And I'll tell you, what breaks my heart the most is when I see a family that splits up that love God with all their heart, but just things happen and maybe bad choices or just circumstances. And it just, it just breaks the heart. And I'll tell you that one of the things that breaks my heart the most is when I see families or marriages or children and families and friends or whatever split up because of money. We, we, we said we were going to do this and this didn't come through and money begins to divide and, and hurt the heart and just break people into pieces. And so I, I, I just, I want so much for us to be able to know this is what God says about money. Money's not a negative thing. Jesus spoke more about money than any other subject in the Bible, in the New Testament, because I, I think the reason for that is Jesus knew that if we're not careful, money can get the best of us. And we wanna be the best for what God's given us. And so I, I just, it's just on my heart to share with you that it's really not, I'm going to talk today what the Bible says about giving and generosity to God. But I, I just want to say at the get-go, it's not about the amount of money. It's about the amount that my heart is totally surrendered to God. The percentages are, are not, what God wants is my heart. And it's not about the percentage of money that I give. It's about my heart 100% for God. And I I just want you to know that out out from the front here, that as we're finishing this series, it's been my heart that we together are free in God, to be financially free, to not worry about money, to not be laying up at night and worrying about our 401k, or we're going to be able to make the bills, or I'm so far in debt. And I know that the changes that we make, today I'm going to talk about one word, and that's decision, that I know that sometimes when we make some unfortunate decisions about finances. I know that it's not overnight that all of a sudden things can be made right again, but I do believe with the decision that steps out in faith on the very first step, God can use that and start a process of changing some things and turning our financial life around. And so it's, again, not about more money for the church. I just, I have to just keep saying that because I don't want anyone to think here, it's not more money so we can have all this. And it's about 100% giving back to God. And God will take care of the money. God will take care of the giving. Where he guides, he's gonna provide, right? You know, there's some Bible verses that really stick out of my mind. One is First um, John 4.19. First John 4.19 says, um, we love because he first loved us. Deuteronomy seven nine says, Know therefore that the Lord your God is God. He is the faithful God, keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commandments. First John four sixteen says, God is love. Those who live in love live in God and God in them. Acts four nineteen says, Therefore, God made this man, Jesus, whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. And of course, 1 Corinthians 15, 3, I I hope most of us know this verse, that um, God says, out of the first importance, Jesus died for our sins and he was raised on the third day. The reason that I'm bringing these up is, if I do not, if we do not, if we are believers in Christ, if we do not have this understanding that God gave everything for us, we wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be alive. I know that I'm going to heaven because of what Christ did for me on the cross. I hope you know that. If you don't, we're going to give you opportunity to do that. But, but it's not, again, about money given back to God. It's about, God, how much you love me and how much, God, I just want to return the favor, and I love you, God. So everything I have, God, I understand. We are, as we talked about in the very first session, we are just managers. We're managers of finances and money and possessions, and thank God we have so much here in South County. And I just believe that John 10.10 we looked at last week, that Jesus wants to set us free, not set free that we have more things, nothing wrong with having things as long as those things don't have me, but set free financially so that I'm doing my money God's way, and he frees us up to do so much more for him. Oh man, at the end of the day, it's, just, it's all about heaven. It's all about eternity. We are citizens of a new land. We are citizens of heaven. This is not my reward. Heaven is the reward. And I'm so grateful that Jesus paid the price so that you and I could have eternal life and life here. Now, I just before we get into the text, we're going to be in the Gospel of Mark. So if you have your Bibles, why' just Mark, Mark, uh, in chapter 12, we'll get there in just a second. If uh, you're new today, we have a special gift for you. If you're not new, maybe missed the last two Sundays, I just, uh, again, from the heart, we made a decision. We stepped out in faith. I don't know if you've heard of a guy named Dave Ramsey. He is a financial, just solid Bible teacher. He's very matter of fact. He's very, um, you know, get your life right with God, make decisions, and God will bless you and not necessarily bless you with more money, but he will bless you with having freedom in your life about getting out of debt and living debt-free. There was just some wonderful resources So what we did for you is there's $130 worth of resources that's for you. We wanted you to have this. And if you just take the QR code right here, you can download all of it. Um, Total Money Makeover from Dave Ramsey is a phenomenal piece of of material about how just we view our finances God's way and how to start making decisions so we can do this thing the Lord's way and really live in freedom. So that's free for you. Can I just say, I, I am so excited Because 70% of you said, yes, we're going to look at this material, Dave Ramsey. And I'm so glad that 70% is huge for a church. So I just want to say thank you for doing that. Thank you, God, for prompting us. And if you haven't done that, please just know that that is for you. And I hope that you'll just know that that's something that God put on our heart. We wanted you to have that straight from the Lord, straight from Jesus. Um, Decisions. We all have decisions to make every single day, don't we? And God made it really clear that when we make decisions for Him, um, it's so much better for the heart. And so I just want to review here for a moment that one of the things that just keeps resonating through this series the last three weeks is we are simply managers and we are not owners, when I understand that, remember because God loves me, God wants all the best for me. When I understand now that I'm just managing what he gave me, it takes the pressure of how to try to make something happen. And it takes the pressure off of maybe decisions that I made that weren't right. That God is a God of grace and mercy and forgiveness. And he can turn everything around when we maybe have made some decisions that were not for the best. Um, I talked about something um, two weeks ago the second series about a 10 10 80 rule and we did this with our kids we got these little um i asked my wife by the way uh, my kids are 22 and 24 so um i asked did we say those those banks those church banks that we got our kids i think they're about five and seven years old because we wanted to teach them from the get-go in our house we love god and because we love God, because he first loved us, we honor God with what he's given us. So when we give you guys an allowance, or you get something from grandma and grandpa, they were slipping money in. I said, like, why didn't you do that for me, dad? But he does it for my grandkids. And so when my kids got money, we taught them 10% goes right into the little church bank, because that's for God first. And then we save 10%, and then 80%, you get to decide what you want to do with that. Isn't that cool? So God isn't like taking something from us. He's just saying, I want you to honor me with 100% of your heart. And that means right off the top, God first. And again, it's not about the amount. It's about the sacrificial giving. And my heart goes to God first. And then he lets us, you know, just 80% of it, budget it and do what we want with it. And it's really cool. So um, I couldn't find the banks for my kids that we had, but um, I'll, I'll show you something here in just a second when we get into the text. So today is this. I want you to make a decision wherever you are in your journey with God. But if, if you're here today and thinking, no, I'm not really sure about this Bible thing, not really sure about God. I don't even know if there's a God, Mike. In fact, I, I remember going to church as a kid, but I, I don't... I don't know for sure if, if, if Jesus is real and he really rose from the dead. Can I just say that those are really good questions. Don't let every, anyone ever tell you that, well, you just don't have enough faith or you should know these things or just believe them and stop asking so many questions. Questions is how we move closer to the truth. And I just want to say from the get-go, I hope maybe through these next, you know, 23 minutes that God will spark something in your heart to maybe get to know, want to know this God. And we would love to help you at Mission Christian just to know God. I want you to see something with me as uh, hopefully you turn to Mark chapter 12 in your Bible. There are crowds of people everywhere. I'm, I mean, everywhere, wall-to-wall people before the pandemic, when uh, my wife and I were, were dating, we had Disneyland passes. And if you've had Disneyland passes, you know, that was back in the day when they were $99 for the year. And um, there were no blackout dates or anything. So, um, but by some of those days, we went to Disneyland. It was like wall-to-wall people, you know, everywhere. I, in the temple area, this is a place that God had established back from the Old Testament. This is the place where God's presence would reside. Not everyone could go into the Holy of Holies. Only the high priest could go in to the very center of that temple where there was offerings and it was because of obedience to God and offerings that we gave, they gave to God that the priest, high priest would go in and offer that to God on behalf of the people. So every year there was a Jewish holiday. If you were Jewish, um, you would go to Passover. And you would go to Jerusalem. And it was a, an entire long week of celebrations, of feasts, and really just kind of celebrations and parties for God. We would celebrate and remember that, God, you were so faithful in the Old Testament. We remember in, in the book of Exodus that the Israelites obeyed God when they put blood on the doorpost from the animal that was sacrificed on the doorpost of their home to represent that we are saved by God and his mercy as the angel of death would pass over the ones that had the blood over the doorpost. Just like we as believers, if we're covered with the blood of Jesus, we don't have to worry about death. We're not afraid about, of death. We are going to eternity with the Lord. So it was a time to remember and reflect. It was a time of celebration. There was great partying. So just wall-to-wall people everywhere. Now, at the temple, there were four different courts. There was the outer court, inner court, and there were two other smaller courts. The Gentiles could go into, if we were non-Jewish, we could go into the outer court. Then there was the court of the women, and then there was the court of the men, and then there was the court for the priests, So I just want you to see with me, we're going into the second courtyard on the outskirts of the temple. People are milling about, there's oxen and cattle, people are carrying things through in front of the temple, and all of a sudden, as it is normative to have 13 receptacles for money given to God, it's not a bad thing it's what god commanded the people of israel to do so that they could have a temple to worship god i just want to say that the temple wasn't so much about the structure as god ordained a very specific uh, uh detail on how the temple was to be constructed i don't know if it's a wonderful study you want to do out of genesis chapter 6 it gives the dimensions of the ark when noah built the ark god was very specific about how he wanted things. And so it is with the temple is very specific. This is a place where I'm going to have placed the Ark of the Covenant, the presence of God in that box, if you will. So not everybody could go in, but the temple, if you see it with me, it just represented God's almighty power. And we, we would come to this place to remember and honor God and give our sacrifices, our offerings, because God is so good We love him, and we offer these things to him. And so literally, back in the day, they wouldn't have um, uh, dollar bills, if you will. They would have um, these receptacles, and there were 13 of them lined up. And um, some of the Jewish people would come up, and they would give their tithes. They would give their offerings. Now let's read the text and then I just want to stop here and see this with me. There's 13 of these set up. Jesus is really on the other side and he is watching as people are coming into this outer court giving their offerings. So let's read the text, Mark chapter 12, 41 to 44. Jesus sat down on the opposite place where the offerings were put. And watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts. But a poor widow came and put two very small copper coins. Worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all that she had to live on. Um, the, The Greek word that Jesus says when he was on the opposite side looking is the word discernly. Very specific here. Jesus was, wasn't looking, I don't think, with judgment or condemnation, but he was discerning. Of course, he's God. He sees everything. But he was discerning, watch this, the heart wasn't the amount. It was the heart of the person who would walk up and they would give. So um, just doing a little bit of background study as I was looking at this text all week long. Um, this is the closest thing I could find to what it might have been like in biblical days. Um, They would literally come up with bags and sacks like this. And some of them, watch this now, they would just, they would come up for so much show and so much um, image consciousness. Of course, we don't know anything about that here in South County, do we? And they were so concerned about what people said about them. And they wanted to be the most religious. They, they wanted to show that we are giving so much that they literally, some of them had one, two, even three servants who were carrying these bags. And as they came to the receptacles like this, I often asked myself, why? how did they know how much they were giving by someone maybe standing on the other side? Remember, Jesus now is on the opposite side of where everybody's walking into this area in the court of the Gentiles to give their offerings. So how would they know how much you're giving? Because it would sound something like this. And they would just keep dropping and dropping. More and more and more. It makes me think about um, just my own personal life in this, that um, I think there's something within us that when we do something for somebody else, I think there's something in us that maybe there's a struggle of pride. Would you agree? That there's a little bit of, of arrogance there. It, it, Gosh, I really spent all this money on this Christmas gift, and I want for them so much to know that I spent all this money on that gift. And so, oops, we left the tag on the gift, right? <laughs> Oh come on, let's just be real, right? Tear that tear that thing off. Darn, I left that on. I'm so sorry. You know, I just I just imagine here staying in the scene with me in Mark chapter 12 that Matthew, one of the followers of Jesus, I like that Jesus moves and shifts from his ministry. He calls them not servants but friends now. You're my friends. In fact, this text that we just read 3 days Jesus knows he's going to go to the cross. They're going to arrest him. This is most likely on a Tuesday. I think maybe the disciples were just kind of smattered in how they gathered together. But I think Matthew maybe came up. I just, when I read the Bible, these verses, I like to know, okay, what happened between verse 42 and 43? Why did Jesus address the disciples, the 12? And there might have been a few other disciples there that were following with Jesus, but are not mentioned in the actual list of the 12 um, maybe Matthew, because he was a tax collector, um, Jesus, just want to remind you here that, um, remember, I'm a CPA, and I notice what everybody's giving here. Did you see the guy who came up with all the garb, all of his Torah that he brought, how many servants he had, and he gave so much. But then this peasant widow, who was poor, she dropped in two coins. Jesus, um, just so you know, I was doing the math, and um, she gave way less. Just, just so you know, Lord, she gave a whole lot less than everybody else. So Jesus looks at them in verse 44, and he knew what they gave. But here's, here's the thing that I just wanted to communicate, and what God's been really working on my heart is, He saw the sacrifice of the woman. It wasn't the amount. It was the sacrifice. So in this text, there are just a few points. I hope maybe taking some notes here. I I have to just take notes whenever I go to some seminar or I'm reading something. It just helps me to remember these things. I I just want to say that I realize in our church, church family, we're family, that um, there are certain people that make a whole lot of money. And that's great, and that's wonderful. God's giving you the talent and gift and resources and all that, and that's wonderful. There are some folks who make medium-sized amounts of money, and there are some folks who make between the lower income and medium-sized, and then there are some folks that are just hanging on every month. And here's what I want to say, that whether you give a penny to God or whether you give $100,000 to God, he sees your gift I I really just, I want to sincerely say this from from what I extracted out from this text, is that Jesus sees what you give. And I don't say that like, well, Jesus sees what you give, so you better give. Uh, He sees that if you made some sacrifices to give to God, he sees that. I, I love that about God. And isn't it interesting that he was on the, remember we read he was on the opposite side? Jesus is on the opposite side of this side of heaven but he sees you, he sees your heart, which leads us. If you take out in the back seat in front of you, there's um, some note card. There's a note card there for you just to follow along. He sees what you give. He sees what you give, and I'm just so glad for that. Nobody, nobody. That that your personal finances are your personal finances. That's your business. At Missionville Christian Church, we don't check up on you. We don't send you bills. We don't say, hey, you know, you didn't give enough, so you can think about it and your gift because you didn't give enough what you should. You've been here for 17 and a half years. You ought to be giving this much. We don't do that. Oh, by the way, you're not going to get a bill in the mail because you came church 48 times out of the year and your kids use the kids' club and, and the uh, children's ministry and they happen to be in our school, so we send you a bill for $970 um, for the month of August. We, we don't do that. Um, we just want you to give freely. Because he sees, right, what we give, which I'm encouraged by that. But here's the, here's the kicker. Here's the cool part. He sees how you give. Did, did we see the religious leaders coming up with these great sacks, dragging them up with their servants? And they pour in all this money, and you can hear for the next seven and a half minutes... All of the coins that are being dropped into these 13 receptacles. And I don't know if they went to the first one, second one, third one, fourth one. Kept going down the line and everybody would see what they gave. But certainly Jesus saw how they gave. And Jesus sees how you give. God does not measure sacrifice by the size of the gift. But by the cost of the giver. Ooh. That's, that's one that I just, I just want to clap on and say, Jesus, amen. I love you for this, God. God does not measure the sacrifice by the size of your gift, by the cost of your heart. I don't know if you um, saw, but um, I, I like to follow the news because I just like to follow what's going on in society. That helps me as I pray and decide, Lord, what do you want me to preach and teach on, which I'm real excited towards the end of the year. We're going to go through the gospel of Luke chapter by chapter, verse by verse. It'll take you know, most of the year. I'm excited about that, to walk with Jesus. I'm excited for what we're going to experience. But I happen to notice this week, did you know that Elon Musk sent up another four people into space? Did anyone see that? Four civilians went up in space without a, without a pilot, I guess. And so um, as I read a little bit further into the article, um, billions of dollars were resourced to make this happen. Now, if Elon Musk is watching this online, I would say, you know, if he gave a, a $5 million to Missionville Christian Church, I certainly don't want to discourage you for doing that. But really, it's not the amount that's given. It's what was sacrificed, $5 million for Jeff Bezos, right? That's that's nothing. But for this widow, who she had nothing according to the world standards, she gave out of her heart. It cost her something. I, I think what it cost her, the sacrifice, was that, The world says don't do that. Pay your bills first and then give to God. Where God flips the script. Aren't you glad that Jesus flips the script from the world. He says, no, 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 turn that upside down. I'm first, and then I will supply everything you need. And uh, catch this, I'll even do more for you than you could even imagine if you just put me first with your finances. Again, I just have to keep hitting this point. It's not about the amount given to Missionville Christian Church or given to God. It's the sacrifice that you make to put God first. I know that some of you are thinking about right now over the series because I've heard some of you talking. We're rethinking our vacation plans to Europe. I heard someone talking about that. Not that they're not going to take vacation, but they're rethinking maybe how they're going to do that. That's a sacrifice to put God first. We sacrifice all the time, don't we? Don't you, those of you that are married, don't you sacrifice for your spouse? Oh, yeah, I could give you stories of how I've sacrificed. You don't know what I have to do to keep this family going, right? We sacrifice. we sacrifice when we parent. Come on, when you had a kid, you have to give up everything to make sure that that son or daughter, they have everything, and they know that they're loved by you. And you know the sacrifices you have made for your children and even for your grandchildren. You know that. They don't know that, but you know the sacrifice you made so that they would know God. And some of the sleepless nights that you've had waiting for them to come home late at night. Wondering where are they? Where are they with God? Where are they in the world? What's going to be their future? Are they going to make it? You've made sacrifices for So we make sacrifices all the time. What about your sacrifice for God? And I don't mean that with any guilt. Because I know we don't want something from you. We want something for you. I want God's best for you. I want God's blessing on your life. I want everything that God has for you. As your pastor, one of the pastors here on our team, we want so much for God's blessing on your life. And that's why it's so important that we see this the way the Bible teaches. It's not the amount. It's the sacrifice that I made because why? Those first scriptures that I just read for you, he loved us, and how could I not love him back? So you know the wonderful thing about when we just put God first and we offer the tithe to God on our financial budget, my wife and I from day one, we just put God right on top. We just, we don't mess around with that. We don't play around with that. We don't, well, should we do it or could we do that? Or maybe this month we'll do that. We just, we just do that. And I don't say that as any arrogance or pride. I just say that, I want to say that out of humility that I would never ask you to do anything that the Bible says that I'm not willing to do. I just mean that from the heart. I can say that from our our leadership team, which leads us to the really cool point I love about this text is that God is able to multiply. Isn't this so cool? God is a God of multiplication, not just addition, but he multiplies what you give in someone else's life. It's not just about giving to God's church. There's a place for that in malachi 3 give everything into the storehouse but it's just a it's just a heart natural thing hey we just give somebody's in need and we help now i want to say this about helping others and giving back you are able to do isn't it isn't it feel good when you do something for somebody else and you give it's it's god wired us that that's why he said it's more blessed to give than to receive because he knew that it feels good to give and we feel better about it because that we were made in the image of god god is a giver and when we're able to get our financial house in order, and again, I know this is, this is a process. It's not overnight. I'm not expecting, you know, everything tomorrow, but a pro- I want you so much with me to get on this place with God financially that when we get our house in order, oh my gosh, it opens so many doors to give to someone else and help somebody else and to do some things we really wanted to do that God has opened up doors for us to do. It's just, it's just a cool thing that God does. An example of this would be um, in the book of John when Jesus gathered his disciples and said, hey guys, basically I'm gonna be preaching a sermon all day long out here. And the people kept coming by the thousands. Do you remember this scene? They say up to 20,000 people were gathered to hear Jesus and they hang, hung on every word that he said. And they're starting to get hungry And it's starting to get stressful. And the disciples even say, Jesus, you sent him away. We got the answer, Jesus. You sent him away. Jesus says, no, you give them something to eat. Because Jesus knew that he was the miracle-working God. And if they trusted him and they took those empty baskets and they started feeding people with trust and humility, Jesus would have performed the miracle right there through them. But because Jesus doesn't chastise, he doesn't do the guilt thing, he doesn't say, well, that's too many times you disobeyed me. You're out. He says, I'm going to do this miracle to show you how powerful and how I can do anything here in any circumstance of your life. And here's the cool thing. They got to distribute the five loaves and two fish. (laughs) God is so awesome because he lets us partake in the miracles that he does. Man, I love God so much for that. He's so good. Um. A couple things out of the Old Testament I thought were really cool. In Exodus 25, um, they're building the tabernacle. Uh... And, and this makeshift tabernacle that was through the wilderness, Moses is leading the people. And Moses gets his guys together and says, Hey, guys, we got to build this tabernacle for God because here's what he said. Here's the blueprints. We got to make this happen. So you go to the people and tell them, Look, you got to give so we can build this tabernacle, a makeshift temple, so we can have a place out in the middle of nowhere to worship God. Remember, really important that we worship God because we worship God, everything just flows. There's a place in Exodus 25 that actually says the people went back, or Moses went back to the people and said, Stop giving. We have enough. Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be awesome? And and we just, hey, we have everything we need. Go back and you know, whatever. It just it's it would be sweet. I I, I love those examples. Um, when Joash built in um uh, uh Chronicles, Chronicles 24, when they refurbished the temple, very similar situation. Basically, they got get let's get right with God, let's give, let's put God first. Haggai, again, rebuilding the temple. The time has not yet come to build the temple. The people said to the prophet, oh no, this isn't the right time to be doing this, Haggai. Excuse me? God told me what to do and you're telling. And here's what Haggai said. Well, if you can fit God into your financial schedule, he said, you guys are building up all of your houses with all this paneling and all these things. And basically what he's saying is you're doing everything you want for your own life, but you're skipping God. So how can we expect to be blessed by God individually and as a people of God if we're just only concerned about my little life? I just want what I want. I want to go back to the scene here of the widow. There's a special place in the heart of God for widows because he said in James, true religion is to take care of children and widows. So if you're a widow here, we just want you to know how much we love you and we honor and we we want to help protect you and know that we love you. Here's, here's how she comes to this 13 places of giving. I imagine she comes up very quietly. Nobody noticed. And that's it. Two, three seconds. Maybe covers up with a shawl and she quietly walks away. I want to go back to the text. Jesus saw her. Amen. This is this is the this is the truth of the text is that she sacrificed everything. Because why did she do that? She so trusted God. She so trusted God to, to throw two coins into the receptacle was. I trust him. God is first. There's, I think, in that James passage, take care of children, orphans, and widows. There's something about a childlike spirit, isn't there, that just trusts. "Yeah, we, They never worry about what they're going to receive, what, where their next meal is coming from. They just have a childlike trust. I think sometimes in circumstances of life that are really, really hard, I think of widows and this widow that came, came to the temple is that they've been through some storms. They've been through some difficulties. They've been through disappointments. And they have seen God's faithfulness. And that's why there's that, that, that simple trust. I want that trust that she, she had. When my, um, Jonathan and Michael, when they were little, remember when Christmas we had nephews and everybody together? My other nephew, um, Matthew, was sitting. Jonathan opens up his present. And he always used to say this when he was a little kid. We got him something. I don't remember exactly what it was, but we got him something he really wanted to have. And so he opens it up and he goes, oh man, you know, he's just all this passion. And you just, oh man, I remember it like it was yesterday. He said, it's what I always wished for. And then he said, wow. And his nephew said, wow. And then Jonathan said, do you want it? <laughs> and then Matthew said, "What he opened, he gave to Jonathan." He says, "Do you want it?" <laughs> no, moms are having to have a sidebar and try and figure all this out. But I just, I just want to say that it was nothing for them just to give, because why? Mom and dad are there, and they just trust that that's yeah. okay. I want you to have. I just. I just love that spirit. When my wife and I lived in Hawaii, we would take mission trips to Samoa. We would take our high school students and young adults um, to Samoa for the summer for a couple of weeks, and we'd just go and serve the people there. One of the things about the Polynesian people and the Samoan people in the day when we were there was if we walked into their home and says, oh my gosh, that's beautiful. Where did you get that? On the wall, we'd admire something, or they wore a really nice necklace or, or a watch, and they would... Oh, I love your watch. Where'd you get that? And they would just go like this. And at first, I was, you know, I'm this person from the mainland. What are they doing? Oh, they're giving it to me. It's just their culture is they they just give. And I think, gosh, imagine for a moment what it would be like if you and I had this heart that the widow had, not about the amount and who's seeing what, but just sacrifice for God he's first wow think about imagine I want you just to imagine for a second what God can do in your heart and life if you were to do that and if you are doing that I want to applaud that and say thank God that's awesome that you're doing that imagine now what God could do in our community if we did that and just trusted him with the very best Um, I have uh, some friends that they moved out of state now, but um, their names were Bob and Nadine. And he's very successful. He had like two or three different companies. He's kind of one of these guys that very entrepreneurial, he just saw something and felt like God was leading him and he'd start up these new companies. And he was really good at it. The guy made lots of money. And I just remember when my wife and I got married, we went to their home group, their life group, their small group Bible study. It was for young couples. And I remember when we walked in, Just the example that they said and who they were. I don't remember the actual Bible studies. It was just who they were. And I just remember thinking, gosh, they got it together here. They lived up in um, Canyon Crest, gated community, real nice stuff, swimming pool in the backyard. And it wasn't about those things. It was just, this guy's got something going on, and he loves God. And, like, he's just, things are, like, together. And I know their life wasn't perfect. Later, what I found out, after I got to know him, is they always put God first. And now, here's the kicker. In 2008, they lost some of the things that, that God had given them, but God restored them in so many different ways. But what, here's what I found out last week is that where Bob was in the church, he was actually at Missionville Christian Church years ago He would listen to people and say, gosh, I'd like to start up this business because he's entrepreneurial. And then he'd hear somebody say, like, but I need this. One guy wanted to start this custodial company in this um, commercial area in Mission Viejo. He says, yeah, but I need this machine. And at the time, it was like $1,500 to clean carpets and stuff. I just don't have it. But God's put it on my heart to start up this business. So he'd sidebar, he'd go over to them when they were alone and say, "Um, tell me more about what you want. And so he would say, you know what, I'll tell you what, I will fund what you need and you can pay me back and we'll write up a little contract. Here's why he was able to do that. It wasn't because he had so much money, it's because his heart and his mind were God first. And he got blessed because he was helping others. And he always gave to the ministry first, like Malachi 3. I think about Helen's story. This is what she says. She says, the more I think about the subject of being debt-free, we've been talking about, you know, a plan to start getting out of debt, or living debt-free, the more I realize, here's what she says, God's provision over the years. Not to pride in my great ability to manage money. Her husband, as she's reflecting back on her husband when he was alive, we did follow God's principal warnings and ways and stuck to it. We, he continued to provide immensely, God did. My husband was disabled, and we were on welfare, literally. We had a small child, and no jobs were available at the time. I cried out and called out to God, and God gave my life back to me entirely. And I figured he could manage it far better than me. Financially, my Christian husband and I started by dividing our income as cash into envelopes. And each month, for each expense, no credit cards, just spending what was there. Later, it became a small bank accounts that we had for each expense. And the first envelope was for God. Now, here's the cool thing. And she said, it's okay for me to share her story. I went and visited her because she brought a friend to the Lord. Her name's Melanie. We went up to her home and Melanie and Helen, we had a little Bible study up there. Helen gives her life to Jesus. I'm sorry, Melanie gives her life to Jesus and gets baptized here a few months ago, and she's part of our family. I'm looking around and I'm looking out the window of where she lives over the rolling hills of Mission Viejo. I'm like, this is so beautiful. And she said, Well, here, have it, take it. It's my. No, she didn't say that. <laughs> she says, God has been so good to me. And then she told me her story. God has taken care of everything in my life. And he gave me even more. So I'd just like to close with this. Everything really comes down to decision, doesn't it? And I'm not, again, I'm not asking for more. Except that I want you to give 100% of your heart. Just like the widow. I hope the illustration was helpful to see. It's the sacrifice that we give when we give the tithe back to God. It's all his anyway. Remember, we're just managers. So um, the ushers are gonna come down uh, each aisle in just a moment. Our worship team is gonna come forward as um, I close this message. And I wanted to have something, thank you again for staying with this series, but I wanted to have something for you to say, you know what? There's some things that I've been thinking about and um, I had a good friend of mine who had this weight loss program that they did And he says, you know, it all started with a card that I put on the mirror of my bathroom. And I had goals. And that was my card. And I'm the only one that walked in and saw that and knew what that meant. And so it just helped me every morning when I get up. Okay, these are my goals. I'm going to stay with it. Because I decided to do that. Because I had a goal that I wanted to reach. So this is a decision card that I want you to have. And so ushers are just going to come and give uh, down each aisle a card. You're going to keep this card. I'm not going to ask for these cards back. This is for you to have. And you don't have to do this. This is not compulsion. Again, I'm not saying you have to do this. I'm just offering something for you to think about some things. So I hope everybody, as we have a chance to get one, You can slip this in a Bible, you could put this in your pocket, you could put this up on a a mirror in your bathroom, you could put this somewhere that maybe on the desk or somewhere that you would see it regularly. And here's here's the first one that I'm asking you just to prayerfully consider. I I hope that these series have been just helpful for you in regards to getting out of debt. I'm making a decision to begin a plan to get out of debt. And I wanna be debt-free in 10 years or five years or two. You, you just think about that and pray about that. But I hope that every single one of us will just check off on that box. God's people are getting debt-free. It'll be awesome. Knowing that trust is the simple, most important factor in a relationship, and God says, test me in this, Malachi 3.10. I will take a step of trust by committing the first 10% of my income to the Lord through Mission Christian Church. Or if you're maybe watching online and you're a part of a different church or you're just visiting with us, I want you to give to your church. But I do believe in the power of giving our very best to the local storehouse. My wife and I started that 31 years ago. And I will tell you until Jesus comes, we're not stopping because I just believe him at his word. So I'm just a box for you to put there. I will begin tithing. we're going to start doing that. Number three is this. I will return to tithing. Gosh, if I was honest with you, Mike, you know what? This COVID thing has really nailed us. And we've kind of gotten out of the routine because we just, bills kept stacking up. We lost our job and all that. And I I get all that. It's been tough for everybody. And to be honest, we just, we kind of got away from it. So I'm going to return. I'm going to get back in line, in alignment with God's word. And then the last one is I currently tithe. We're doing that. I thank God for that. And so um, this, is, again, just for you to kind of fold, slip away, whatever you wanna do. It's only between you and the Lord, but I just think it's good to make decisions for Jesus with our finances. So Father, I thank you so much that your word is so crystal clear. I thank you, God, for the lesson of one humble widow who just walked up Gave her two denarii. I think it was even one quarter of a penny, Lord, I read. But yet you saw the heart. And I believe, Jesus, you multiplied that gift into somebody else's life. God, I thank you for decisions that are made here today at MVCC, here with our church family. And I just pray, God, that whatever decisions are made, God, that, man, I just pray that you would use that all for your glory, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for joining us at Mission Vale Christian Church. Just know that we always have live services here every Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. We'd love to have you here, and we'll see you next time.